How you doing today? How's your day going, man? You just got in? Yeah. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, nah, we did we did our, our background research and everything, man. Your background is, is pretty crazy. So yeah, I think it should be a uh uh-uh, um yeah, that's if you want. I don't, I don't think you really need it, but you could it's just sort of waste stuff, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> cool. So this is the draft season podcast. We're live from Radio Row. Oh yeah, shit. I don't hear nothing in the headphones. Oh, right, go ahead. We yeah. So we're here with Dr. Michael Gervais. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. So just a little insight, you know, on, on some of the things that you cover. You know, you've you've been in sports psychology for a little bit, um, covered a various amount of sports. What would you say is the, I guess, the sport that you think takes? Not to cut. I'm sorry, Raz. I'm sorry. Yeah, not to not to cut your eyes. So we, let, let's start here. Like um, obviously going into, um, you know, what I'm saying we're, we're we're on the younger side, obviously. Um, so I want to know, like. When you got into it, like what made you go into the sports psychology field to start? Um, because I we always hear, you know, what I'm saying make your passion what you want to do in life. Um, so like what was your background and how did you end up in sports psychology? Okay. I like it. I like the question there. Okay, so what were what what led me to this was I was a young athlete. Um I didn't vibe right with stick and ball sport games, like artificial rules and then adults that are trying to tell me as a young kid what to do. And I just, <laughs> I couldn't vibe with it. So yeah. I left stick and ball sports and I went to action sports. So action sports are like the back country of things. Yeah. Right. And like, there's really the only rule is if you hesitate, if you don't have the chops to get it done, there's a physical consequence. Oh. Okay. So there's no coaches. There's uh, one rule, which is mother nature's rule. And you had to get your stuff right. Fight or flight. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you're managing that constant fear from a long time. Now, what happened was um, there was a merging of action sports with um, my mine was big wave surfing or surfing. And so there was surfing with competition surfing. Come competition day, when all the people were on the beach, the fans and the and the um, judges and the family fans. I'm saying like there's lots of fans. There's well, it wasn't a lot of fans. <laughs> I couldn't get it done. I, I, I couldn't get it done. My physical skill didn't leave. My technical skills didn't leave, but I couldn't get it done because I couldn't manage what they might be thinking of me. So the only thing that changed was my mind. And this was me as a high school athlete going, holy moly, like there's a whole world that I got to better understand. It just lit me up and set me down this path to understand how the inner life works. Yeah, no, that's, and it's incredible. I know um, we, one of our friends of the show, former football player, um, shout out to our homie Victor Ochi. He played for the Ravens back in the day. And I know we we ended up talking about his story one day. Um, and especially like I wanted to get into just the we talk about psyche of, of professional athletes. And um, I think for a lot of fans, they don't really take that into consideration at all. What these people are going through. Specific, um, specifically, we just talk about how much money the industry makes and how much money the owners makes in the teams. That's really all that people care about. But you know, speaking about the psyche. And and what players go through um, from from your studies and, and from your experience, what have been what do you think is the most common theme that a lot of athletes face, whether it's like a, um, you know, I, I feel like any industry that you're in, there's a um, like, what is it like a pretender or FOMO of, of like acting? Do you belong or not? And when, it, when we get into, you know, crunching, find down the 
to make a, a 53 man roster. There's a lot of pressure to where, you know, people's athletes, their athleticism is how they feed their family. So from, from your studies and, and just interacting with these people, what's the most, you know, human thing that you see that like athletes go through that like the average Joe would relate to and be like, they go through this as well. Yeah. So everything that we go through, they go through. And some of their life experiences are magnified because they've got microphones and they've got, um, you know, media plugging right in. And so everything that we go through, they go through and magnified. And I'll tell you, like when you were sharing your perspective there, one of the things that I love, and it happens every year in a magical moment, hopefully it it happens early in in the season, is when athletes share from an honest perspective who they are what their struggles are and they do it with each other and then you all of a sudden you see somebody that you know you're competing for their spot or they're competing for your spot which is always present in pro pro sports but all of a sudden you see like wow like i see you and i want to have your back and when that happens in a team like the we is greater than any me and that's where you start to see team turn into something far deeper than what we think of as just a team so that's this magical moment when um, athletes get real and they share their struggles and they share where they're concerned about like things in their life and all this. And, and I'm not saying that they share that outside of the locker room, but when they share it in the small room, not even in the, in the big meeting room, but in the small room, that's where things are pretty extraordinary. I just a question on my end. I know this is a football focused week, but it, you know, you've, you've participated and helped athletes, you know, that participate in the Olympics. And the Olympics is, uh, you know, as me, I ran track in college, so I'm familiar with what was your event? triple jump and the 100 meter dash. Come on. Yeah. yeah so a little explosive. Huh? Yeah. A little fast. But, over but, here. but yeah. as you know, <laughs> with these events, you know, that's a 10 second race. So you, pre- you prep all that time for that big moment championship season and you get there and it's a 10 second race. So when you're dealing with these athletes that are, you know, participating in the Olympics and, and these games that come around every four years and that is their moment, what's the what's the conversations like and what's the kind of like training just the psyche with those athletes in comparison to, you know, basketball or football where they kind of get to play 82 games, 16 games. Kind yeah. Of thing. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's pull on that thread about meeting the moment. Yeah. So this is where psychology is as a science pays dividends. When you ask most people on, on the pro circuit, whatever it might be, how, how much of this game at this level is mental? What do they say? I, I feel like people would probably say like 25% mental. I think it's more than that. 90 no, maybe. most people say like 90. Yeah, 90. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe so I'm always saying, no, okay, let's just assume. The great, I feel like the greats say that. The greats like, say that, yeah. I feel like the, the layman might not see as much how much mental. Um, and I think that was a question that I have for you as well, just about like how do you think athletes really grow? And there's, I think there's all types of different um, forms of intellectual okay. um, like intelligence. But like how do athletes go about building that, you know, emotional um, acumen to be able to like, I, and, and I think I actually, I think this is a great question to ask you um, because I think in, in different sports, we talk about, you know, riding to the occasion being clutch. And I think in a lot of sports, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's pretty floopy when we get down to it. But I think when we talk about some of the greats, like Tom Brady, um, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, um, those are guys who have been in that moment so many times throughout their career to where it's just like, if we did a case study on just their, um, mentality, you'd be like, all right, we've seen these guys in enough situations um, to like we can actually come to a good starting point or good ground and be like, yeah, this guy has what it takes um, to really be able to um, handle that pressure. What do you think it is that really 
make somebody um, that gives them the capacity to handle that or like the others that like wither or shiver or, or really don't do great in the moment? What do you think that is where that, where that comes from? Yeah, you guys, uh, I'll, I'll bridge the two of your questions together because the science of psychology, the psychology of excellence is all of the best practices so that you can be fully present in any moment. Whatever that moment is, whether it's the living room, boardroom, you know, or on the playing field. And so if you have this incredible physical talent, you train your tail off to be great in the weight room, great on the field, but then you haven't trained your mind to be deeply focused when there's quote unquote pressure. What a, what a, what a mistake. All of that time invested and no athlete is choked because nobody's eating on the field. Okay, that's a bad joke, isn't it? Nah, laugh. it's a bad joke. Isn't it? No, 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 it's, it's, it's the truth. But what happens though is that they choke off access to their stuff. Okay, so you train relentlessly for decades to have the good stuff, but then if your mind is not conditioned, if your mind is not skilled, and there's a whole playbook of how to train your mind to be calm, that's a skill. How to be confident and generate confidence in any environment, that's a skill how to use your imagination to see yourself excel in the, some future state. That's a skill. Knowing how to breathe, to relax yourself is also a skill. So there's a whole playbook of skills that we can build and develop. But to do that, we've got to carve out the time. We've also got to carve out the interest in doing it. This will be my last point, is that why would somebody do that? Because they felt pain. They intimately have been true with the pain that it, what it feels like to have an opportunity and play it safe, to play scared, to come up short, to tighten up in the moment where, you know, I mean, I've got it right in a lot of respects, right? I'm just sweaty. Yeah, 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 right, right. And so that's okay. But, spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti. But can, can you manage, can you manage your mind and your emotions in those, in those extraordinary moments? So that, this is why, like, in the great programs, you know, the, the ones that excel, they are conditioning their players' minds. They're not saying, hey, go home and do your mental skills training. They're bringing it into the locker room. Oh, They're bringing yeah. it into the building. And um, that's what many of the greats are doing. I think um, I know one question I think about a lot. Uh, we're, like I said, um, I feel like we were one of the, the last, or my generation at least, was one of the first generation that came up with social media. Like um, like Twitter like came out in 2009. That was, this is peak high school years and I, I think about Twitter a lot and just like the positive, the negative effect that it's had on my personal life. I'm talking like, like academics and stuff, but from the perspective of athletes um, and from what you've seen um, and how the actual social media has affected the world and in particular how fans and, you know, engage and consume, um, you know, I'm saying the biggest events of the world, obviously Super Bowl Sunday coming up. How do you think that, I mean, social media has affected um, the minds of athletes? All right, well, there's two things in there. Before I get to the social media, because that's the center of your question, there's this other language that we're throwing around that the Super Bowl is the biggest game of someone's life, the biggest game of the year. That's a psychological position that somebody is taking, maybe you're taking. There's two ways that you go into the Super Bowl or the Olympics or World Championships, two ways. One way is this is the biggest event in my life, biggest show on earth, or this is another game. So that sets a whole psychological practice up. If you see it as being the biggest show on earth, 
okay, well, you better be practicing for some craziness. The other is, no, this is the rules are the same. The ball weight is the same. There's the same number of players. There's no snipers, you know, in, in, in 17th row. They're, they're going to take me out if I make a mistake. Like, it's the same. It's a game I played for 30, 20 years. Your whole life, yep. So you have to figure out which way you're going to approach that game and then practice that way for the rest of your life so that when you have the moment, you're prepared. And so that's the first thing I want to hit. Now, on social media, listen, I, I mean, <laughs> the, no, the noise, you know, the noise that comes from social media is outrageous. If you can figure out how to use it as a tool to promote and to share the wisdom, the vibe, the whatever that is true for you, that's a great tool. A great tool. But if you're using it to understand who you are, to, to, to outsource your self-esteem, to outsource your self, your sense of confidence, it's a disaster. And you guys see it all the time. Like right after the game, what do people do? Halftime sometimes? Yeah, NBA, NBA players. Checking? Yeah. What are you checking? You know, like, yeah. this is not mastery. <laughs> We've gone into some other weird place now. Yeah, so anyways, um, I think it's it's uh, really tricky. And um, God love the natives, you know, of this of social media. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you guys figured it out? Uh, I mean, look. As it's so, a cesspool. Yeah, it's, let's, let's start there. Yeah. It's hard It's hard to, to rise above sometimes. I feel like, I mean, I'm also not in the limelight, right? But, like, as a creative, we put ourselves out there every day. You yeah. know, when we put out an episode, we put out anything, any takes that we do. So it's hard sometimes not to look and see what the reaction is. This, so what you're talking about is the life of an artist, yeah, right? And so physical sports, they're artistic as well. At the highest level, they're creating and expressing, right? And it is, it, it's beautiful what they do. How about an artist that Picasso does, does his thing and he says, hey, what do you guys think? Am I a good artist? We'd say, no, he wouldn't do that. But somehow we're practicing that in, a, in almost an embarrassing way is that you'll send a post, you'll do your thing, and then you're checking to see if it if people connected with it or not. I mean, I want to drop the F-bomb, but it's like, you gotta, free. we, we, we got to make a choice. <laughs> we got to make some choices as adults, right? Like, what are we doing with our efforts? And are we going to outsource the good stuff? Forget about it. Like, that, that, that seems like a mistake. You know, I think the, the the best part point you made is about like you know seeking out that validation from others, and I think that's a and we're it's 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 the most human characteristic that we probably all go through, and you know what I'm saying the one um the need to look good in others' eyes, and yeah, like I said, I think that the life of an artist comparing it to there's similarities between it all, uh, specifically just and and I think for in in this space and in, in any athlete, um. I think you got to know whose value, whose criticism that you value um, the most, especially like you have to have a tight circle. And I think that's one thing um, that, I mean, any, any person. On the person, I'll be probably. saying just the noise and it's opinion i love what you're preaching on because here's a practice and i'll talk about a principle the principle is called foco fear of people's opinions it's the number one constrictor of human potential the fear of what they might be thinking of me so that's the principle and if that is true and there's good research around this it's just a clever name that i'm introducing right now right foco (laughs) right tell me you don't have foco right yeah everybody Everybody has a little bit so a little bit's okay, but when it becomes excessive, 
it becomes a problem. So here's the best practice. Make a small little tiny sheet of paper, like a one by one inch piece of paper, you know, and put the names of people on that piece of paper that have two criteria. One, they love you, not for what you do, but for who you are. Okay. The second, they've been in the arena. They've done it, right? They've done the thing when the lights are on. And then those are the, those are the first counsels that we take. They love you for who you are. And they've done something in their life, okay? They haven't just been on the on the sideline, you know, taking shots. They've actually done it. Those are the people that I look to as my first counsel. And then from there, I guess, we we start to weed out everybody else because, I mean, obviously, those are the, the ones you're going to at first. But yeah, like, and, you know, and they're probably not posting at you on social, are they? No, those are people you come and talk to. That's right. Face to face. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, there you go. Fopo. I mean, I'm going to use it. And I think, I think <laughs> I'm still in that one. Now. Still yeah, in that one. I, I mean, just because like, to your point, everything seems to be a form of artistic expression. And when you, when you think about some of the greats, like you said, Picasso, and I think to even some of the great athletes, like, you know, like LeBron right now, he's sometimes on social media. Right. But I don't know how much our noise gets to him. I think he, he yeah, has that I, type of Not to cut you off, right. I think just in terms of like what you've seen in, in, in your day, like, what's a situation that, like, just looking back in the past, you could be like, and I think, like, sometimes, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. And I think maybe maybe it's because, um, you know, incredible athletes, and it's hard for some, you know, fans to really, you know, humanize and, and sympathize with the athletes and the performers on the field. I say it all the time, you're much closer to, or your avenue to becoming a player is real. It's, it's easier um, it's easier to come that way than it is to make $100 billion or whatever you need to own an NFL team or any of these sports franchises. But um, from your lens, at least, you know, I think about these moments in time where it's just like you, like the pressure on that person in that moment was incredibly hard. What are some, you know, in, in sports history moments that you think about and it's just like the pressure in that moment at that particular second was enough to make, you know what I'm saying, an average person crumble um, at their knees to like. Yeah, I love that question because the answer is most. Yeah. Right? Like, so pick a kicker. Pick a quarterback, I, you know, pick the, the Olympic Games right now, is that one of the things I, I love saying to athletes that I work with that are going into the games or the Super Bowl is, hey, um, you see this, you see this uh, 70,000? Say we're on the field, right, the games. You see these 70,000 up there? And they're like, yeah. Say, um, they'd all, all love to trade seats with you right now. Like, they'd love to be in your cleats. Sign on. up. And then, and then and, you know, most athletes are like, yeah, probably. I go, what do you think would happen when they walk on the field? <laughs> right? And, and, like, and, 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 and like, it's like, you know, you're, we're down by two and you're up for uh, a three-pointer, you know? Like, what do you think would happen to yeah. them? And they're like, they can't handle that Humble shit. like uh, Thanos. Is that the- <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Most people cannot handle that because they don't practice it. So what the greats do and what pros do is they fundamentally organize their life for stress. Practice in the greatest environments is incredibly stressful. So when you get to game day, it's like, yeah, I feel pretty good about my inner game, pretty good about my technical skills, pretty good about my body. Let it rip. Uh, yeah, man. No, I think like Raz, what do you what, like when you like the same the same question that I was just having? Like, what comes to mind when you think about like just incredibly tough situations that people been in? Like, yeah, to win a shot at the end of a game, all of it. Like the sweaty part. Like I get. I mean. 
I forget. Oh, so I think it's hyperhidrosis. I get sweaty hands. I have normal. It's no, normal. yeah, it's normal. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. doing anything. Like I could be making the sandwich. You said right? I think it's hyperhidrosis. You've looked this up. Oh yeah, I've read about yeah, it. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah that's really <laughs> I've read about this yeah. before. Like in in mundane activities, like a big job interview, and I go through, and you get the the blood is pressured. Everything is going through. Like what comes to mind for you, at least, Raz? Just like looking back. Everyday thing. I mean, like for oh, me, just in history, sports oh, history. I'm I don't know. Say, not, I just say even every day, like yeah. a presentation at the office is one of those things where it's like if you're not used to, if you don't practice how you're going to present it to your, you know, your boss or something like that, you can get up there and fumble. But if, if you're practice, if you're not sorry to step on it, if you're not using breathing, to yeah, your point, if you're not, not using imagery and self talk, that's you're going. Yeah, it's, it's like like yeah. people don't think about these things that they come across yeah. in their daily life. That these are also some of the same things. So if you take now what athletes are doing and amplify it with the millions of people watching, the, the people in the stands watching, the fans that are against you, the fans that are with you, there's a lot riding on it. So I think, you know, that's, it's just like comparing the mundane things that you do every day. And not to say that people with their lives are mundane, but we're not on the national scale like some of these athletes. So if you compare that and magnify it to what these athletes are going to, I think people will start to now, you know, have some compassion for when we're, you know, on Twitter with our Twitter fingers yelling at people for missing a shot. Yeah, like like if they were in your living room, you wouldn't be saying it no. that way to them. No way. You know, and if they were your cousin, you wouldn't be saying it that way. And like, it, it's it's easy to be the critic. It's really easy. And that being said, uh, because it's safe, some of the moments I think about, like what we just saw Michaela Schifrin doing with this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you saw how she managed herself afterwards. I'm I am enthralled by the honesty that she had. So she absolutely, she couldn't figure it out. Mistake on corner four, on, on uh, pole four, and crash and burn. Like this is, she's been training four years for this event. Now she's also been training 20 some years for this event as well. But the, her response, to be honest, to feel, to cry, to let go, to say that I need to rethink and reimagine my whole approach to who I am and what I do, oh my God. Most people can't do that in their living room with their most safe, their safe loved ones, let alone to do it, you know, in front of a microphone with billions of people watching. Like, I, I'm enthralled by how she's done that. Yeah, no, it's incredible, man. And I think um, I, it's a super fascinating lens. And I uh, appreciate you once again, Doc, for, for coming on the show and blessing us with your incredible insight. I, like I said, I think about it a lot. I think we're making progress towards, you know, I think the psyche of, of athletes. I think it's just like, like you said, it's, it's stuff that we all should not. It's just, it should not be it's, it's such a hard ask for people to put the, put yourselves in these people's shoes for once in a month. And you know that nasty tweet, hate filled tweet of you know what I'm saying. Why you have bread? I mean, ship crumbs on your t-shirt and you watch the game. <laughs> just think, just think about what these athletes are going through. Uh, but before we get you out of here, Doc, we need everybody that's coming on this week. We're getting a prediction. We need a we need a prediction. We need a score from the game. On Sunday, who you got winning? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to see Joe and the Bengals take it home. Oh, I man. want to see that. Yeah, that's what I want to it see. It comes to butt. Yeah, <laughs> feel this coming, right? Yeah, we got both. home field advantage. We got um, we got a team that's preseasoned. We got some real dogs on the team. Um, I don't see their will or their psychology bending or breaking. I should say though they might need to bend. But my prediction is um, scoring. Um, and my prediction is going to go to the Rams. To the Rams? I, I think it's one of the rare Super Bowls where I don't hate either team. I'm going to be happy regardless. If, if, if either wins and it comes down to that, I'm going to be 
I would be happy for the guys on, on both sides. But once again, yeah, thank you so much, Doc. If you have anything that the people at home um check out, I know people are gonna enjoy this conversation. Yeah. Anything you got in, in the works or anything that the people should check out if they want to hear more of the great stuff you have going on? Okay, so best plan finding mastery podcast and go there you know we've got like we got marshawn lynch on we've got legends and legends and legends on talking about their mind and how they organize their inner life and the mental skills that they use they build just like the rest of us can build so um so finding mastery finding mastery podcast, podcast. yeah add that rotation as well that sounds sounds incredible appreciate you guys appreciate you awesome. <laughs> you flexed. <laughs> you flexed. Oh man, okay, take care, Doc. Yeah, and what's what's the show? Um, yeah, we're on Rod's network, so this.